0: This message was recorded at World Changes Church, Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Father, we just thank you. We thank you this morning that we're able to have you in our hearts. And then, Father, we're not begging you to come down. We're expressing where you already are, which is in us. And, Father, we release ourselves. We, re- we open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word. And then, Father, let no condition outwardly distract what you are going to do inwardly in us. And so, Father, let this word produce much fruit. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to minister to your precious sheep. I ask that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. All of you and none of me. God, I ask that this word today penetrate the very marrow of the bone. It's in Jesus' name, and we all say, we all say, we all say, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, amen. You know, we are blessed as a church to have the worship team we have, amen. Amen. They rock with us through just about any moment and go with Jesus. It's not—it's hard to find worship teams that are not trying to create a concert or emotional experience but are working with the flow of His Spirit. And that is a blessing. So give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. As you're being seated, greet those around you and tell them that you love them in Jesus Christ. Amen. It got warm in here quick. Hallelujah. Chris, I, I made the mistake of wearing this thick shirt, thinking it was going to be cold. Amen. You too. Hey. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Come on, say good morning. Good morning. All right. Listen, I want to set some. Uh, I want to set some rules and conditions for the service this morning. All right, you ready? Here's the rules. Welcome to my living room. Uh, Be free to be you. If the kids want to get up and run around, let them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I need you listening to the word today, so if the kids want to dance, let them. It ain't going to distract me. in church, you agree with me, we're going to be family today. Amen. Amen. Let's be family today. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. (laughs) I saw Chris looking at me, rules and regulations. Listen, I think it's so funny that we come into the house of God, and we call it the house of God, and there needs to be order. There does need to be structure, but when it comes into the realm of family, we need to be free to be family. Amen? Hallelujah? Amen? If you agree with that, tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, I agree. All right, for those five that didn't, the altar's open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say something pretty radical today, and I say that every week, but I'm really going to challenge you today. Uh, this is called the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. I hear some Aussies getting excited. Hallelujah. And God has established his spirit here, and the great revival is supposed to be coming from Australia, and I believe it's coming from around the world. But I'm going to mess with you this morning in the word revival when it comes to the house of God. There is a revival that needs to happen in the world today because there are some dead people that their spirit is not alive and they need to be awakened by the word of God. They need to experience his word so that they can be alive in him and then be saved and then forever live. But for those that have been changed in his likeness, the church, Darren, I'm about to get dangerous. There is not a revival needed. Galatians 2 and 20, I'm going to pop it up on the screen. You are alive in Christ. Amen. You are not dead needing to be awakened again. You are not dead needing a revival. You do not need resuscitation because if you needed resuscitation, the Spirit of God was not good enough in you. What you need is to read this scripture that says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So I live this life in adherence to, reliance on, and complete trust in. See, the law called for perfection. Grace calls for purity. And purity can only be given in love. Amen. The law called for perfection. Do good, get good. Grace called for purity, which can only be given in love. Amen. Because love has no conditions except to be loved, receive love. And love will cause an action of sanctification. Oh, I'm about to mess with you. Love will cause an action of sanctification. Because, see, when I got married to my li- my wife, my life, I was sanctified to her only, set apart for the master's use. Y'all didn't catch that. Hallelujah. When I got married, I was sanctified, set apart for her. I came in covenant with her to be set apart with her and not anybody else. To be sanctified for the Lord is not to be holy perfection because the kadesh you now have, the holiness you have now have, has been placed on you by Christ. The righteousness you have has been placed on you by Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm messing with some folk this morning. This just goes against everything I believe. This is hypocrisy. No hypocrisy is you continuing to try and be perfect and show everybody else that you're perfect and going home and being the saddest person you've ever been in your life. Hypocrisy is coming to church like you got it all together and telling everybody else how they need to get it together when you go home with your messed up life and your messed up wife and life and husband and all this other stuff. Hypocrisy is, is when you don't tell the truth and you put on a mask. Amen. The age of hypocrisy in the church must die so that revival for the world can happen. Amen? We got to stop trying to be perfect, but we need to be pure in love. That's what will attract people. Amen? I don't want to attract people to this church. I want to attract people to the love of Christ. Amen? So the message I have today is called The Prosperous Soul. And see, your spirit got saved but your soul still struggles. Your spirit got saved, meaning it's been born again, but your soul still struggles. Because in your soul is your mind, it is your emotion, your intellect, and your will is where the soul establishes your conduct and your character. So until your mind is renewed, you're not going to act like Christ. Amen? So we don't need a revival in the church. We need a renewal. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we need to be renewed. All right, let me back this up with the word, Romans 12, 1 and 2, a scripture that we know oh so well. And I'm going to make a few jokes today, so forgive me for my humor. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Amen. It says, make yourself a living sacrifice. Do not be conformed. Oh, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. I appeal to you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive and dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and facilities as a a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, as well pleasing unto God. Let's not move on from this scripture. Which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. That is talking about devoted consecration, which is the same thing as covenant and marriage. I've been set apart in my marriage for my wife just as much as I've been set apart in my marriage as I am the bride of Christ to be set apart for his use. We're getting it all wrong. We're trying to tell people to be perfect instead of being in a relationship with God. If we would be in a relationship with God before people, people would want to get in a relationship with God. Hey, all the single ladies that have had a bad man, let me see your hand. Hallelujah, all the single ladies. <laughs> But all the single ladies, you know what it's like to have a bad man that won't be in covenant with you. Amen. And then you look at other relationships saying, yeah, I want one, but I just don't know if there is a real one. Hello, hallelujah. Amen. And then you see all these nice relationships that you make an example of, and you're like, yeah, that's great. And then all of a sudden in the news or somewhere in your community, they fall apart and mess up. And then you're like, is relationships ever going to be good? See, the problem is it's hypocrisy. Marriages, I can tell you, they're not perfect. They are work. Amen. My wife is married to me. She has a full-time job. Hallelujah. Amen. She's laughing because she knows it's true. She says, I agree. You better shout amen, sister. You have three full-time jobs. (laughs) So she has a full-time job. But marriage is work, and your relationship with God is work. And if you're not prospering in your thinking, because as a man thinks, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're not prospering in your thinking, then you're not prospering in your relationship with God. See, we need to renew our mind on our position with God. See, I am the righteousness of God. Say that with me. I am the righteousness of God. Now, see, you didn't get that righteousness by anything you did. Therefore, that righteousness cannot be taken away by anything you do. That'll mess some folk up. But here's the difference. Come on, the Lord, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But inside of my established righteousness is still a choice between life and death. Inside of my established righteousness is still a choice between life and death. Because, see, that law didn't, didn't pass away because in the mouth, is in your tongue is the power of life and death. You can choose life or you can choose death. Amen. So even though we're under this dispensation of grace, that doesn't mean we can just go sin all that we want to because sin still causes death. Sin still causes consequences. The reality is that Christ delivered you from the dominion of sin. Amen? You no longer have to sin. You're no longer a sinner like the law called you. What you are is a delivered saint of God by the blood of Jesus Christ, established in his righteousness, birthed out of the apple of his eye, washed in his blood, consumed by his fire, filled with his Holy Spirit. That's who you are. You're no longer a sinner, and you're definitely not a sinner saved by grace. You're a sinner that God had mercy on, and through his grace you then were born again. No longer a sinner. Old things pass away and all things becoming new. You are now a born again righteous believing fire filled packed up and ready to go up Christian hallelujah and it's your position in your prosperous soul that will determine how you live in abundance or without amen you still have a choice between life and death through the love of Christ, it will change you. Through the love of Christ, it will empower you. When you know your rightful position in Christ prosperously in your soul, the enemy is inv- trying to invade your mind with thought, theory, and dialect to convince you that you do not have what you have. Amen? Amen? Amen. Trying to convince you that you do not have what you have. Amen? The enemy is trying to see. And a lot of people don't want to accept this because of... Um, Doctor, I, listen. I was a rabbi, and I was a Jewish rabbi at that. And I was, and I was a rabbi that was going into uh, teaching Messianic Jews. So, if there's anybody that knows the law and knows Hebrew and the Greek, I know these things. And and I I struggled with these things when I first came into it. I, I struggled with eating shrimp until and bacon until I tried a couple and it was really good. Um. But oh, that was sin. No, no, no. See, I've been delivered. Hallelujah. I've been delivered from the law, and you've been delivered from the law. But not only delivered, the law has been fulfilled. Now, Paul said in Romans 6, 1, he said, do we continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid for those that are in his likeness that have died with Christ have been buried and raised in him. All things have become new. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You can no longer blame the devil for your actions. You can no longer say the devil made me do it. It's almost like you woke up one day. How did I get here? You know where I'm going? How did I get here? And who is this laying next to me in this bed and where all my clothes? I must have tripped and fell. You know what you did exactly to get there because you were thinking about it while you were washing your car, ironing your clothes, spraying on your cologne. You had intent to get there, and you can't blame anybody like it was a mistake. You were thinking about it long before you ever got there. And that is sin. See, sin... Begins to birth itself inside the temptation of the mind. And as long as you have sin consciousness and think, God, help me with my sin. No, God helped you with your sin when he sent Jesus to die on the cross and by the blood took the power from the devil. Amen. And took the power from sin off your life. Is that good? Now I know I'm messing with folk and you're like, Pastor, don't preach this stuff. We'll lose half the people. I'm not about building a church. I'm about building you. Amen. Amen. And the moment I stop preaching the truth because I'm worried about who won't like it will be the moment this church shuts down, whether it be physically or spiritually. Because we are born-again believers. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. We don't need a revival. We need a renewal of the mind. We do not need another revival. We need a renewal of the mind. We need to know what God says for us. For the Word of God... The word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breadth of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints of the marrow of the deepest parts of nature, exposing and shifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts of the purposes of the heart. The word of God is powerful. Say that with me. The word of God is powerful. So the Word of God revitalizes our soul. It energizes us. It moves us. It shifts us. The Word of God anchors us. The Word of God transforms us. But we get into this motivational teaching style that makes us feel good about the donkey that got fell into the pit and we threw dirt on his back and we gave up on the donkey. So the, the, the owner of the donkey decided to just bury it. But before you knew, that every time the shovel of dirt was thrown in on the donkey, the donkey just shook it off and took a step up and shook it off. And I was telling you this morning, just shake it off. Well, that's great about shaking it off, but do you know how to shake it off? See, the donkey knew how to shake the dirt off its back in that story. Do you know how to shake sin off your life? And you don't if you're still thinking you're a wretched sinner saved by grace. Sin will continue to weigh you down until you realize it's no no longer a part of your DNA. Amen? God did not call you into perfection. He called you into purity by his love. And when you realize how much God loves you, you will stop doing the things that you're doing for the case of love and for the result of sin. Amen? Amen? And my wife, um, you know, she, she constantly works with me and is, is talking to me about my nature, my communication, and the power of my words. And she's telling me that my words will cause people to think about themselves and begin to change things in their life, even when I'm joking in my everyday life, even when I'm just walking around talking about anything. My words are powerful. My words shape because God's called me to be a leader in a community of people, just like he's called my wife to be a leader in a community of people. But that does not leave me in a place of state of fear, thinking, oh, Lord, Did I say something wrong? I also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of his word that if I do or say anything wrong, God will correct all my mess and cause it to be blessed as long as I keep submitting to him. See, I don't need a revival. I need a renewal. Amen? We, we keep asking for a revival to come to Australia, and we're waiting for that place like a fire, like a bonfire to go off. And see, that will happen for the lost and dying people in the world the moment the church repositions itself in its true identity and starts posing a question through the prosperous soul. Look how blessed these people are no matter what they go through. Look how blessed these people are no matter what happens in their life. Look how blessed these people are. They're smiling, skipping, hopping, and dancing. And see, the other thing is we don't need any more, uh, oh Lord, hallelujah, we don't need any more debates in church. Because see, debates don't renew anything, they just talk us into and out of things. See, we don't need no more debates of theology, we just need good sound doctrine. Amen? And I'm telling you, the sound doctrine I'm giving you this morning is that Jesus loves you. Amen? And he died for you. And he delivered you from sin. Amen? Amen? You have a prosperous soul. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a prosperous soul. See, when our spirit was dead, God's word is what made it alive. And it was spoken and received by faith. We have hope today. Look at your neighbor and say, I need hope today. The word of God is not dormant, but is able to actively, the word of God is not dormant, but it's able to actively dissect and deal with situation in every area of our lives. It's able to dissect and deal with every situation in our life. The problem is, is we don't give enough time for the word to work. Because our mind needs to be renewed. We, we lack this thing called patience. We decree a thing, we pray a thing, and we ask God to do it. And when God doesn't do it fast enough, we go to microwave religion, give to get. We go to microwave religion that we think through an emotional influx of crowd mentality. I feel good today, but Monday I'm destroyed. Tuesday I'm lost. Wednesday maybe I'll get in the Bible. Thursday I've just got to make it to church. Friday, help me, Jesus, or I'm going to go drinking again. Saturday, help me get up if I decided to do the last statement. Sunday. The Word is enough. The Word is enough to carry you, but are you in it enough? Are you carrying it enough so that it can carry you? Amen? Because, see, if you don't have the Word of God in you, you're relying on the hearsay. You're relying on the the Instagram quotables. Let me tell you, I love the Instagram quotables, but they're not enough to carry you. They're enough to inspire you to go get a revelation about what's been quoted. Amen? Amen? Amen. I don't live my life off of quotes. I live my life off the quantity of the quotes that inspire me to get in the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you all enjoying this today? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It's It's all dark and cloudy and misty and muggy and everybody looks like they're nice and cozy and sleepy. It's finally warm on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. 22 degrees in winter in Australia. What has happened here? Amen. The Lord has someone prayed and God satisfied. Hallelujah. But Hebrews six and nineteen, we need a, somebody say we need a renewed mind. We don't need a revival. See, there's a lot of people. I, I'm, a, I'm a revivalist, and I'm an evangelist, but I revive dead things. Amen. I'm tired of folks saying that the church is dead. We're using the power of our words saying the church is dead. And we're condemning churches going in and saying, I had somebody come in here last week. Sir, I hope you watch this Facebook Live and hear my response to you. Come in here last week and said, this church is not anointed. I said, did you not hear what the word of God did here last week? And I I almost got offended. Can you tell I almost got offended? And then I had somebody come to my doorstep and said, you're going to be executed if you keep worshiping on Sunday. I thought, wow, the enemy is really trying here. Then we got a phone call from some people saying they want a more mature word. I'm like, hallelujah. Well, if you can find something more mature than what I'm given, because, see, this word will confront you, conflict you, and reform you, and it is not comfortable this morning. Hallelujah. There is anointing not only in this place, but there is anointing in you because I got a group of people that like to spend time with God. Amen. And we don't just come in here and play games. Amen. We don't come in here and try and manipulate. We come in here and we get down to the nitty-gritty. We're not trying to motivate you or manipulate you. No, what we're trying to do is inspire you through the ministry of the Word of God. If you agree with that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So my response to this man was, thank you for coming. Goodbye. God did not send you. Amen. I've learned that I can say no and I can say bye just as easy. I don't have to entertain things that are not of God. And see, the enemy is constantly sending things to try and stomp out your fire. Hope is described in Hebrews 6 and 19. Let's go there. Hope is described here as a confident expectation. Now, we have this hope. As sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, the mind. It cannot slip. And it cannot break down under whosoever steps out upon it a hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the pressure within the veil. Let's go to the next scripture. It reaches into, the word reaches into places that the mind, that no one else can go. The word goes and inspires past, it goes into the deep places It goes into the uncertain places and causes certainty. When you allow the word of God where Jesus, it says it pressures into the veil where Jesus had entered in for us in advance. A forerunner having become our high priest forever after the order with the rank of Melchizedek. The reality is that there was a place we used to not be able to go, which was the holy of holies. And we had to have a high priest go for us. But now because of Jesus, Jesus went before us and now has invited us into it. Amen. Amen. So in reality, we wasn't good enough to go because of sin, but now we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Now we can enter into the Holy of Holies. It says in Hebrews, go boldly into the throne room of grace, seeking out mercy in times of need. See, we think we got to get mercy to get grace, but it says go boldly into the throne room, seeking out grace and mercy in times of need. We're, we're not, we have what we need before we even go ask for mercy. Amen. We keep coming to God as if the position has shifted. We keep coming to God with our mind as if he stopped loving us because of something we did. Your righteousness was not given to you by what you did, nor will it be taken away from you what you did. But your righteousness is established, but there's still life and death as a choice. Amen? Do you agree with that this morning? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It is your sin, write this down somebody, it is your sin consciousness, the elevation of sin, and the constant conflict of sin. It is your sin consciousness, the elevation of sin, and the constant thinking of, I need to stop doing this, that actually causes sin to exist. Amen? If you would stop thinking about being a sinner, you would stop sinning. It's like an addict. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop smoking. I got to stop toking. I got to stop taking. The whole time they're saying, I got to, got to, I got to stop. But they're thinking about taking, and eventually they take. If they would just occupy their mind with something else, they would not let that addiction take place because their mind would be renewed and repositioned from the addiction, therefore bringing them back to a state of normal, and they would no longer need to add an addition to their addictive life. They would they would begin to lower their state and begin to live normal. But it's the thinking of the, of the addiction that actually gives power to the addiction. It's your thinking of sin and your sin consciousness that gives sin its power. If you would decide today that sin no longer has dominion in my mind, amen, amen we cast down every thought and imagination. Sin should be one of them. We cast down every thought and imagination that is not of God. Since When you're looking at that lady the way you shouldn't, fellas, because I know you all do because we live in a hypersexual community. Hallelujah. And it's everywhere in this world. When you look at her the way you shouldn't, you should take that thought captive. Because I promise you she ain't looking at you in your chinos the way you're looking at her. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Hallelujah. The world has made these things more attractive by the enticing of sin. But the moment you can remove that eyesight from your eyes, you'll stop looking at women with lust and you'll start w- looking at women with love and who they are in their identity and intellect. Same thing goes for women. You know, praise God, stop looking for the perfect uh, chest and, you know, the six-pack abs because he may not have a mind to match. Oh, glory. Y'all need to give the Lord a hand clap of praise, Amen. <laughs> My wife was like, just saying, maybe, maybe she's the help for that mind. Y- y'all keep being hopeful and tell me how that works out. Just saying. Hallelujah. So this word right here that it talks about in, in Hebrews 6 and 19 is about our confident state that we step into and hope through the riches of the Father, who the Father reaches into us and certainly gives his presence. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. God has not left you. Amen. Now we have this hope and our sure and steadfast anchor, meaning it is established. When you see the word anchor, it means it's established, it's unmovable. And when he's the anchor for our soul, as long as you anchor in him, it's an unmovable force. Amen. I'm going to get into some stuff today. Man, I feel the spirit of prophecy about to come on me. Hmm. Hallelujah. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whosoever steps on it in, in a hope. Meaning that this anchor, if it's anchored in God, cannot be broken under the pressures of men. Amen? Oh, Lord. Someone broke you. And it removed your hope. And you're saying, Pastor Kyle, that could be for any of us in any situation. No, you used to be in ministry. And you used to flourish in it. And people got jealous of you. And you're young. I don't even know who I'm talking to. And you're young. And God's been calling you back into ministry, but you're afraid. Because you're tired of the jealousies of men. You're tired of the pressures of mankind. Can I tell you you're in a place that will welcome your gift? Can I tell you you're in a place that will welcome your gift? There's hope for you again. It, it's, a, it's a hope that reaches further than any man could establish, any, that any man could crush. And man has tried to crush you from the day you were born. And men has always misunderstood you because they looked at you in a way that men shouldn't. And they've never saw your mind. But God has been talking to you. Am I right? And he's been calling you out again. And I can feel the fear. I know what that feels like. This place that God is establishing you in now, and I'm not talking about a physical place. This place that God is establishing you in now cannot be broken again. Be willing to step out one more time. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Is that true? Yeah. Amen. Don't nobody run up to her afterwards and try and fulfill my prophecy. I want you to leave it alone. Can you do that for me? I'm establishing some order now. I don't need your help. Let God and her take this walk next. Can you do that for me? All right, praise God. Now this hope we have in Christ Jesus reaches further. This hope we describe is a confident expectation of our hope in Christ, and we must not cast away that hope. See, when we say we're a sinner saved by grace, we're casting away the hope. It's like saying, I'm an alcoholic. It's like, you know sinners, uh, not sinners anonymous, but alcoholics anonymous, they used to tell me I have a disease. I See, I was a functioning alcoholic, and I was an addict h- hooked on coke and crank, and they told me that I would always have this addiction, and then Christ told me I delivered you from that addiction, but as long as you let them tell you that you're an addict, you will always be an addict, but I came to tell you in Jesus' name, you're not the former things of displacement. You are not a disease. No, 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 because see, that's that's the that's the devil's word to interrupt your ease, but God has taken away your diss and put you at ease in Christ because you are no longer an addict. You are no longer a womanizer. You are no longer a failure. You are no longer a forgotten or undescribed. You are a child of Christ, and then you need to start saying the things that Christ has said about you. You need to stop letting people talk to you about your disposition and just say, my position in Christ is without the dis because I know who I am. Amen. I remember a young lady that came to my house and spent four hours with me and Tina. And I'm not going to tell you her story, but I'm going to tell you where she's going. She's now been on an album with Far and Near. She's our worship leader. I'm just going to go ahead and let that out. Hallelujah. And She's like, who is this? And she's working on an EP for this church. To release the sound of the kingdom into this house. But now she's going to, see, you're going to miss her next week because Pastor Taffy invited her to America to sing at their conference. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. But see, don't be jealous because, see, God says, whatever I did for her, I can do for you. Amen. Don't be jealous. Don't think, how do I get there? I need to go talk to Tegan now and figure out how, what she did to get there. Let me tell you, she just decided to show up and stay put, and God allowed, God did some things in her. Amen. You need to quit trying to figure out through your intellect and logical thinking about how to be blessed and realize that you already are blessed. Amen. Quit manipulating your situations and just let God be God. Amen. Man, I want I just I just feel like preaching now. Is that all right with y'all? I, I just really feel like I'm just getting started. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So similar to an anchor that keeps a ship from drifting away, the word of God anchors the soul. Your mind needs to be anchored in the word of God like a ship in a, in a turbulent sea. If you could just see a, a, a boat going up and down and you're saying, why doesn't that ship crash, John? Why doesn't it just go out? Because it's got an anchor that's stronger than the waves and winds. It's got an anchor that's hooked into something deep. It's got weightiness to it that keeps it from being sent adrift because it's got something you can't see on the surface but it's anchoring deep because see the Bible says the deep calls the deep and I got my anchor set in Jesus in places you can't see but praise God when the waves and storms hit me I got my feet planted saying I ain't going nowhere because God has placed me here you need to get like a palm tree that when a hurricane hits your life your root goes deep and while everybody else is flying around you just doing like a little dance hallelujah let the wind hit me praise God because you've been planted deep, amen, the prosperous soul is planted planted deep in love and the word of God, it's so, see, oh man, I'm loving Jesus right now, I'm loving Jesus right now, amen, me too, amen, I'm seeing my my buddies, Sam Cruz's dad, I'm, I'm so glad you're here, sir, well, good to see you, praise God, Good to see you this morning. Can you welcome him here? Hallelujah. We just honor you, sir. Thank you for all that you do. So we got to get rid of all the uncleanliness. James 1 and 21. Well, I'm free. I've been saved. I'm no longer a sinner. Saved by grace. Goody, I can just do whatever I want. No. See, the grace message can be hyper extensive just like faith was hyper extensive. We had the faith dispensation, the word of faith. We've now moved into the grace dispensation. We're moving into presence ministry where everybody's going to focus on the presence of God. But each one lacked one thing, balance in the word. The reason the word of faith movement died is because it lost balance in the word and just grab it, you know, blab it, grab it, claim it. You know, And then grace came along and everybody just thought they could just go sin and do whatever they want. We got this revelation of grace. And now we have the presence ministry that's just going to have us focus on all of our emotions and not the word. 45 minutes of worship and 15, 10 minutes of message and good, goodbye. God bless you. Never confronting you or causing you to change. Your greatest balance in life, write this down, your greatest balance in life is the word of God. Amen. So get rid of all the uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Now see, when you read this wrong, if you don't have the revelation of spirit, soul, body, you think that's talking about salvation. But see... We've been saved in our spirit. We're all going to heaven. But how many know there's still torment in the mind because of the things going on in this world, because of what people do to us? I mean, sometimes when somebody does something to you, I'm just going to maybe be the only one in the room, but sometimes somebody does something to you, and you're like, what, the, what are you doing? Why, why in the world? What's wrong with you? Like, do you, what did I do to you? And, and you're just thinking, Lord, have mercy. They not know who I am, and it might just very well be that they do know who you are, but they're just human, and that messes with you. Amen. People do things that are going to constantly mess with your mind. And if you're comparing that to God, you're never going to find peace in church. Amen. Liam, do we agree that folk sometimes come in church more angry than they do on their job on Monday? Praise God. Some folk come in and they just looking like a bulldog. Praise God. You ever seen a bulldog walk too? It's got that, and they just... Good morning. I'm good. God bless you. Hallelujah. We're going to go into worship now. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's worship leader. We're going to go into worship now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Standing in your seat. Praise God. And then I, I can really tell when somebody's really not happy, they get that heel cock moment. See, Pastor, you're messing with us, but I'm going to for a minute. They get that. You know what I'm saying? It's that what's the point of that one foot like that? I'm just. In worship and your body all sideways. Amen. You'll show up to work all happy with your boss because you know you're about to get paid. Go that, go and do that to your boss on Monday, see what happens. You'd be like, What's wrong with you? Go back home, get yourself right. Amen. There's gonna be a Sunday. I'm gonna be like, you know what? Go back out, pray and come back in and realize what you're here for. No, I'm kidding. You said, Pastor, we gotta be real. But when you come like this, don't tell me you'll find. We need to be real with each other. Amen? We need to allow our prosperous soul to be intrigued by the Word of God. The only reason you leave out of here mad is because you wouldn't stop thinking about the thing you were thinking about when you walked in here the whole time I was preaching. And you say, well, that didn't do nothing for me. Well, honey, you never gave me time to talk to you because your brain was thinking about that thing too much. Amen? Hallelujah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you gotta lay it down at the door and come get what God has for you. Amen. You gotta stop thinking about what you're thinking about so that God can talk to you. Amen. Sorry, just had to do a little bit of housekeeping. So get rid of the uncleanliness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness and humble and in a humble, gentle mindset receive and welcome the word of God implanted and rooted in your hearts that it contains power to save the soul God's not saying you're going to have to get saved again He's saying He's going to renew your mind Amen When we accept Jesus we are in a position to receive salvation not only in spirit but able to receive salvation in the soul You know that God's after your soul just as much as He is after your spirit Amen Amen because, see, there's so many Christians. Y'all want to testify real quick? There's so many Christians that they say, but, man, do they need something done with their mind. Hallelujah. That was your opportunity to say amen. amen. Well, I don't want to be condemning. No, some people need to renew their mind through the word of God. But the only way we can get them to renew is to love them. Amen. Amen. God did not call us to perfection. Therefore, we are not needing to give people something else to think about. We are needing to show people an action which they're not used to through the love of God. Amen. That will start a revival. Let me get back to this word. The word of God cannot simply stay on the surface. And we cannot just superficially be Christians. The word of God has to be rooted in our hearts. As long as you are a surface level Christian, you will always struggle in your mind. As long as you come in here and try to prove to me how holy you are each Sunday, you are proving to a man that can be fooled that you are holy, but you have not done anything to God. Amen? It is time to get real with our minds and say, I need to work on this thing. It is time to come into a safe place where we can share our burdens one with another. It's time to go into a safe place where we can love on each other and encourage each other. It's time to find that safe place. Wait a minute. We should already be here. Church is a place where we can come and not try and be perfect, but see perfection through the Word of God, which calls us to be set apart, hungry for Him, to be disciples for Him, to follow Him, knowing that this mortal body cannot perceive or even achieve perfection. But what it can do is follow in purity and set, us, set apart behavior to love Christ and to show what, what it is to be loved by Christ. Amen? I know this may not hit the top charts of our podcast, but praise God, it's good teaching. Amen. If you agree with that, tap your neighbor and say, this is good. For the 10 people that didn't tap your neighbor, I love you. I'll try better. <laughs> Letting the word of God take root in us changes our character. Letting the word of God take root in us changes our character. Because in your, in your mind, in your soul, is your emotions, your intellect, and your decision maker which shows your character. We say that people can never change. We say that people once they get to 32 they're like concrete all mixed up and set in their ways. But that's not true in Christ. See, it doesn't matter what age you are in Christ. If you encounter the Word of God in its truest form, it will change you from one state to another. But as long as we're trying to say that it's a sinner saved by grace, it'll never change a thing because it'll cause a righteous man in dirty rags to stand up and say, "I'm clean." No, we are clean, washed in the blood, made whole, made new. Old things pass away; all things become new. And I need to stop enticing the old nature and live in the new nature. The prosperous soul means I've been delivered from sin. Amen? I don't have to sin anymore. But let me, let me give you what I've been hinting at this whole time. And if y'all could give me just five more minutes and I, I, before I finish. And I'm not finishing. I'm just saying before the band comes up. Amen? When you were dating, for some of you, maybe you've been not dating for a while, When you were dating, you would pick out your clothes and you would go through four or five clothes. Anybody do that? You would change the shoes two or three times. Still do that. Amen. I do too. Amen. Thanks, Roger. That makes me feel better. And you would look in the mirror and and you would twist to the problem areas and say, no, that, that, that doesn't, no, I can't wear that. You know what I'm talking about? And you look at the problem of wearing that outfit, but, but you're looking at your body and how it's being perceived. I'm taking you somewhere. And then you ask somebody, how do I look? And somebody, like, if you're from New York, would be like, you look sexy, girl. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, well, I'm already thinking about it. Because that's our natural reaction to things is to be sexy, to be enticing. And then we move into, you know, the date, and we're thinking, we got the clothes ready. We put those down, and if you're a male, you go and you start washing the car. You start detailing that thing. You know what I'm talking about? You want to make sure that when she looks down, she sees everything good. Hallelujah. When she goes to turn the radio up, it needs to be sparkling. Praise God. When she's looking at your dashboard, it is kept like she will be if she decides to be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Men, you know you do it. You go out and you pick that perfect restaurant, but you ain't thinking about, you, you're looking at her and the way she's dressed because she was thinking about the way she looked, and you're trying to find out who she is, but you're too busy, gaga-eye, and, and, uh, and it is, this whole situation begins to spiral into an event that you both arrive at and say, oh, it was sin, and yes, it was, because it was fornication, but can I tell you, it was what you were thinking about while you were getting dressed. Can I tell you is what you were thinking about while you were detailing your car. You were thinking about attraction. And I'm telling you, ladies, praise God, if a man don't love you with dragon breath in the morning and your sideways hair, he ain't never going to love you. Amen? Some women, y'all know y'all don't wake up that way. Y'all know y'all don't wake up that way. (laughs) Oh, man, I I think Tina sometimes got up at 3 a.m. just to wake up different. Hey, ding. I was like, dang, you look good. (laughs) We've been married for 17 years. Um, She's like, I used to. Now she'll go to bed with bobby pins in her hair. (laughs) I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Go ahead. Hit me. Go ahead. Just hit me in front of everybody. I'm enough. enough. But the word basically, see, because this is a challenging word, I'm trying to make you laugh. All the things and reasons that you get married and all the things and reasons that you get into relationships and all the reasons that you got that job was for certain purposes. If we would take jobs because to work unto the Lord, amen, not to work for a job, we wouldn't, we would be, we wouldn't be dissatisfied if we didn't get the promotion. We'd just be thankful that we have a job. It's all about the way we're thinking, and the prosperous soul will prosper even when there's no monetary prosperity, and then it will carry you through the right spirit into positions and promotions that have the prosperity that you desire, but it's all about what you're thinking about, amen? I know this is confronting this morning, but when we have a renewed mind, we let the Word of God take root and flourish in us, Hebrews 13 and 8 the word operates according to what is fashionable, Hebrews 13 and 8, which changes from year to year. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The world operates according to what is fashionable, which changes year to year, but the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, if we keep going with what's trendy, if we keep going with what makes us feel good, we're not operating in love, we're operating in lust, and and lust is not always Lust is just ungrounded. Amen. We got to start having basic principles, and this is why I wanted to put this in this core value series. We got to start having basic principles that cause our desires to shift out of lust and into lasting love. Amen. We got to shift. Out of lust and into lasting love. We got to shift out of the reasons why we got married. We got to shift out of the reasons of why we got the job. We got to shift. You even got to shift out of the reason why you came to this church. Because one day I will let you down and you will make a decision whether you will stay or not. Amen? See... I don't. I, I, as I close, I want to address some things. See, people hop in churches comes from a dissatisfaction of state and personal being and not being satisfied with what someone said that challenged them and said, you know what, that church is just too confronting. And I had an awkward Sunday, so I think I might try another church that will make me feel good. Can I tell you, McDonald's always satisfies me for the first 5 to 10 minutes, but it has lasting effects on my life for the next 24 hours. Hallelujah. It came quick and it came fast. But hallelujah, I'm about three bites. Into a Big Mac Carolyn, you ever you don't you don't eat McDonald's, do you? No? And there's a reason why, right? Because of the lasting effects afterwards. See, we don't eat McDonald's because of what it does to us, because we love ourselves. Then why the world are we hopping churches like we're changing restaurants and community centers? Why are we hopping churches and relationships all because of it was an awkward moment? Can I tell you until you're satisfied with yourself, you'll never be satisfied anywhere? Amen. And the only way to be satisfied with yourself is to be, is to be satisfied and sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen. People quitting things all the time. You know, long, I'm no longer chasing people. So people are hopping into uh, church events and ministry work like hopscotch. Uh, what's that other song? I put my left foot in, I put my left foot in. What's that song? Hokey pokey. People, people, people hopping in and out of church like the hokey pokey. I put my left foot in. It didn't feel good when he preached, so I take my left foot out, and I turn it all about. Put my right foot in. I didn't like what the Holy Spirit said, so I take my right foot out, and I turn it all about, and I change my church. And I it's time to stop playing games. It's time The the enemy is at war with our minds Why are we playing games With each other The enemy He may not have won with our spirit But he's winning with our mind You know people are crushing us People are hurting us People are coming against us People are even telling us Things that we don't want to hear But let's stop playing games Let's go into a place To where it's about Christ And Christ only it's about being loved and being in love and sharing that openly. And when you know your position in Christ and you know how much he sacrificed for you, you're no longer saying, oh, I'll never live up. I'm always letting God down. Folks, you were never holding God up to let him down. You didn't have that power in the first place. And the only way you can decide whether you're supposed to be here or not The only way you can decide whether what you're doing has meaning or not is to know who Christ is in you, the reality of Christ in you. And I know this has been a challenging message this morning that is maybe not made, it was not filled with the streets of glory and the heavenly host of angels that made you want to shout. But see, it can't always be that. Sometimes we just got to get in the living room. We just got to talk to each other we got to sit down by a good meal and a good word, and we just got to challenge one another because, see, a truth that doesn't confront you will not change you. And I don't like people just tickling my ear all the time trying to tell me how good I'm doing so I can keep doing the wrong I'm doing or feel good about how I'm halfway doing it. I'm going all in for Christ, and I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just hearing to say that the renewal of the mind is a lifestyle. The renewal of the mind is a lifestyle. It's a daily activity. And it comes through the word of God. It comes through good discipleship and good mentoring. It comes through being a part of a good community. But the renewing of the mind and the revival that you're looking for, the fire in your life that you're looking for, is waiting for your mind to release it because it's sitting on the inside of you. It's waiting on your mind to confess it because it's sitting on the inside of you. It's waiting for your mouth to decree it because it's sitting on the inside of you. See, the revival you want for the house of God is waiting on the inside of your necessary need to renew your mind in the area of your position in Christ. Amen. That fire and revival that you want for the body of Christ is sitting on the inside of you by how you live. That fire that's waiting to burst out and consume the community is sitting on the inside of you. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy is doing his best to get you to sit down, shut up and feel bad about yourself. And then there's some things that happen to you that yes, we need to sit down and talk about and get through together. I'm not going to invalidate what's happened to you. I'm not going to tell you you just need to move on. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you that we can get past that to and we can do new things in Christ together and we can see the fire of God unleashed together and we can see the community change together. See, God's not waiting on me and you and we're not waiting on God. It's a decision to make today. Will you decide to be prosperous in your mind before you're prosperous in your hands? Will you decide to be prosperous in your heart so that your mouth will be prosperous? Can bankruptcy, poverty, and negativity get out of your mouth for a moment so that it stops stops sowing seed in your life and producing briars in your garden? Change your lips and you'll change your circumstance. Change your thinking and you'll change your character. Change your character, you'll change your destiny. Change these things towards the word of God through the love of God and you'll see some powerful things happen. You want to be prosperous? I've not given you a one, two, three. I've said believe that Christ has released you from your old, sickened state and empowered you into something greater. You want to be prosperous? Stop believing the negative things that people say to you. Amen? World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com. Enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless.